Okay, I'm Elaine Gregory. Um, I've been in the BDO for um, since 2000, I suppose. Um, right at the the roots of the the revival of the BDO. Um, I'm also uh, a druid of some standing from another order. I mean, when I say some standing, I mean I've been through all the grades. I don't mean I've got a position <laughs> of uh, anything in, in another order. Um, my um, background in druidry is um, through being at the grassroots of um, beginning to form um, a retreat type centre at Wildways where I live um, which has helped me through lots of things over the years. I've also um, run a co-run a grove with another person for a few for oh, I don't know about eight or nine years maybe ten. Um, I've been in yeah um, through this. Um, as far as artwork is concerned, my training um, since I left work, um, I did a degree, a late degree in um, art and design, which took me um, into looking at the roots of things, the roots of um, actually the raw materials and also spiritual roots, which I don't think my degree um, tutors were expecting when uh, they allowed me to go to Australia <laughs> and go work with the Aborigines. But um, that taught me about pigments. So what was it that made you want to go to Australia? Because I wanted to go and see what the Aborigines were like. I wanted to go and see. I got, um, when I went to Australia, I got, um, I was based at a um, place where they teach Aborigine people to be clergy and, and that was a, a little bit of a, a strange conflict for mm. me. I couldn't work out why they were doing this with, with people who'd got a really strong ancient spirituality. So when I came back I used that in my degree work. I did a comparison um, with the Australian Aborigine artwork and what they did in with our um, spirituality through the ages, like Celtic artwork. So do you see parallels between the Australian Dreamtime traditions kind, and... Kind of. Um, it was artwork on the the cave art that we went to, that we went to see. Um, which some of it is on my buildings, um, the buildings of Wild Ways, because we liked it so much. We wanted to put, so I wanted to put some on the walls. Yes, yeah, the deer, aren't there? And yeah, they're they're some. not native. They're not Australian, because mm. I I believe in finding our own yeah, spirituality, yeah. not in um, reproducing others. They're our brothers and sisters. Mm. They're not from the land that we live mm. on. Um, but it was interesting to look at the pigments mm. and to look at how we use pigments. I still want to do more of that if, when I've got time from getting wood in and, and cutting grass and tending trees and looking after sheep <laughs> and, and all that sort of stuff that yeah. you get on an acreage of this size, which doesn't leave a lot of time. 
Um, I myself taught ceramic dabbler, which means I don't know all the full story about a due to uh, one to ten. I know sort of now one, two, three, five, six, and probably nine <laughs> in the steps <laughs> to get me to be to do ceramic. But these are more yeah. self-taught. Because you find the clay here, don't you, at Wild Ways? Uh, well, I have done in recent uh, years. I, I did a journey with one of the women's groups that uh, meet here sometimes, and somebody was running a journey, mm. and I didn't. I lost track of time, like you do sometimes, and and I thought, well, I don't know what I'm going to do with this journey because I'm not really getting into it very easily. And then I sort of puddled about in the brook like I do sometimes, and um, I could see there was a, a seam of clay that was a bit different from the red clay which I hadn't worked with, work with the red clay either, but I thought, oh, that's another clay, that's sort of pale blue in the bank. Why is there a pale blue seam in that corner of the brook? Um, nowhere else. So I, I dig some of it out, and I've still got a strange fossilised tree thing from there, which I don't know what it is, but... Um, and that, that fired a weird colour, it went sort of a khaki green when it was high fire it wasn't very nice <laughs> but it was it's different yeah, um, I when I look at your ceramic work it very much is sort of tied to the land here and yeah. the way you could use um, most of it leaves. is commercial clay right but even um, the way you I think does maybe the land sing through you as you're creating well that what work. I'm doing now of, of, of latter years is is trying to fire plants mm. and then get them down to the ash um, and fire minerals and things because they told us at college the potters were a bit purist and they said anything in the clay will make it explode so I never did anything like that until I did it myself and, and found things that I was interested in like if I make a hair figure I put I might put hair hair in it Right. Or deer hair in it, or I might put something else in it that will burn out and create a texture. But then that also, in a way, is putting the, the sort of spirit of the animal yeah. into that. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. also, uh, for, for or bone ash even, if mm. I've got that, people won't like that, but if it's bone ash that you've found mm. the bones, I, you know it's not, for me, a problem. Mm. Um, I also do goddess figures which I've managed to make a mould for. <laughs> Very difficult because I'm not a mould maker and it's a really sca yeah. a big skill. So um, it's, it's more problematic mm. for me to get them out yeah, uh, in a decent piece that, because I'm not a mould maker. But they have uh, particular things um, put into them. The one I've got at the moment is a, I'm working on is an Oum, mm. um, Lady of the Oum, which she's got um, um, Oums for hair. Uh, little sticks that ate, uh, somebody carved for me that uh, I had a set of at one time um, that I made um, mould of so I can make her and sometimes they have minerals if the shamanic lady has bone ash and all sorts of things related to shamanism baked into it so that's the way one thread of my work goes mm. and if we do the body painting which is a whole different thing a photography project that's really interesting because yeah. that brings about alchemical can bring about alchemical changes for the people who 
actually get painted because that's why they come. Yes, you, you got just thinking back to your ceramic work. Yeah, it definitely does have that sort of shamanic spirit. But it does now it that, that it magic does, about it. it, and then that's moving on into the body painting because that's yeah. on one hand sort of transfer. Um, changing clay from just being the clay of the earth mm. into it's an alchemical process yeah, and then that moving into your body painting yeah and um, people's perceptions of themselves alter they do when they're being painted yeah that's right they do as you know because you you do sometimes do yeah. that sort of yeah. thing yourself but it's it's about giving those people that experience i also like the photography angle because i can see things in photographs that if i take them right there's mm. always something extra yeah, and if I yeah. if the the ideal photo is if you can see that extra there, which actually is in front of the lens when you when you actually click the photo, there's, there's something more. It's getting into that person's spirit, isn't it? Elizabeth? It's not just the body painting for that, yeah. though. It's if you go out and photograph in in any anybody can go out and photograph mm -hmm. into the woods, and if they're in the right mode or they they bend, they they move the camera in the right way. Yeah, just the at the change. right time yeah where you get the light angle so anybody can do it if they look right if they look down the lens and they're in the right frame of mind themselves it's about it's a tool mm. it is a magical tool people often yeah. don't realize that they're that it's a real magical tool is the camera it's when the photographs you've taken inside the roundhouse during rituals yeah and some of those have got Odd things. They have, and you look at them and you think, well, yes, these are people drumming, you know, what mm. have you. And then you see sort of lights and colours around them and the way the smoke from the yeah. central hearth is. Bends or marbles or something. Yeah. And yeah. But also, there's the, the actual. I used to draw in watercolour, uh, pencil, my mm. dreams, what came from them, and often you'd see extra things where the watercolour pencils overlap because they're a beautiful medium to work. They change colour no, where they yeah. overlap other colours yeah. and they come more vibrant and they change shape. And, and it's, it's, there's so much to artwork. It's a myriad of techniques and, and forms that you can do that will bring out your magical side and will bring out and make it live. It's your sort of little glimpse into the other world, isn't it? Yeah. I find something that'll create something and I suddenly have to make that thing and it's in my head and it's sort of yeah. in me and I can't rest until I've done it. Yeah. And then I do this thing that I've created and afterwards you're in sort of almost a state of exhaustion. Mm. And you look at it and go, my God, yeah. <laughs> I made that. Do you how? ever make little figures? So I used to, I had a, a turn of making little figures where you just make them. You just let your fingers yeah, go with the clay and, and, and suddenly you've got something that's a bit extraordinary and you think, oh, I didn't yeah. expect the corn god or I didn't expect... Yeah. The, the, the Dr. Price the, 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 the <laughs> with his big baggy trousers and the, the chap who did the cremations <laughs> so that's that's kind of an interesting angle mm. I, and I did make some twisted wool figures because I did text, a bit of textile as well yeah. so you get wire and you get wool and you just wrap it round right. until you've got some strange little figure and you can that. you can add and make them into little dolls or something I find sometimes it's almost like when you meditate or you journey and you step out of yourself. Yeah. And I find sometimes when I'm creating, that has a similar sort of mindset. It does, yeah. Sort of shift in consciousness. It's, it's kind of nice, a nice way to do it where you're not sitting still trying to be... Yeah. You just pull it, pull it through and you just put it into what you're yeah. doing. It's definitely a form of channeling, isn't it? Yeah, you, it's much, much, much more less... 
constructed than somebody else's mm. technique. Yeah, yeah. Because I find as well, if I get um, quite often a commission and it has sort of barriers placed around scary it. scary commissions. They are. And I sit there, my mind will just go blank. And yet I'll go for a walk somewhere or I'll see an animal or just talk to somebody or go and do, be part of a ritual or go and dream. And then all these images just stream. And I, I, almost like a sort of creative overload. Yeah. It's like, which one am I going to do? And they try and yeah. just keep, keep going. But I find, for me personally, when I have these restrictions placed on me by a commission, yeah. I kind of, oh no. You worry about it and that yeah. blocks it, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, I had a, a one where I had to fit um, children's um, drawings into a frame, a, st a, a steel frame, and my kiln was overriding. It was getting too hot and making the thing get hotter instead of shrinking. I thought, oh, my God. Still there today. It's on the Seven Valley Railway. It's a, <laughs> a highly stationed. It's a big um, freestanding um, steel framework with all the kids from the village's tiles on both sides, which is quite nice. But yeah. well, that was a bit of a scary one. Oh, it was very scary. I don't <laughs> want to do another. I, I never want to do another yeah. because that's just uh, it give me uh, too much worry to get it done and do it properly never paid because I broke the kiln <laughs> but it's, you know it's the way it goes isn't it and if you I think if you treat your stuff a little bit more magically as you do it mm. it works for you and I, I find you have happy accidents yeah and um I love adding things into paint and into ink and what have you and mm. some some of it works some of it really you just look at it yeah. and go oh, okay that was a bit of a disaster but sometimes you'll get sort of color bleed or you'll yeah, put yeah, something no, in and nice. that'll just respond nice, in a really yeah. nice yeah. But you can't always repeat it again. No. It's not one no. of those things, as you say, it's an accident. This is it. The yeah. the um, the one that um, was more quite interesting was when one of the girls that came to the last body painting wanted to be bladai with, mm. and we'd already had a little bit of issue with bladai with on a on a. Uh, I won't go there again, <laughs> but it was a little bit. Um, she hadn't been able to attend it so she wanted to try it out yeah, yeah and we we painted her up and she looked absolutely stunning and some of the photographs were I don't know how she got from her everyday persona to this amazing what came out in the photos yeah. was just I look at them now and I go my God, how did that happen? Blood Highways are an incredibly powerful energy to work with. When we'd just done all in the roundhouse, mm. we'd done that Blood Highway thing that was really intense for the, mm. for those who were in the Goddess Lodge. And then I made this figure, the Blood with figure, and it wasn't hot out. It was still hot from the kiln and somebody bought it straight away. Yeah. That doesn't happen to me very often. <laughs> I usually <laughs> sit there a while. Yeah. But that that was and but it's nice if you can carry I might do another one one of mm. the days, but the the blood eye with figure it was it was painted in flowers and, and she'd got half of owl's face yeah. and feathers. So I was thinking was interesting. The, I was thinking of the Alan Garner owl service story. Right, what's that? He he um took the blood eye with story from the Mabinogian. Yeah. Um, and reworked it and the blood eyeworth comes through as being an owl and right. just angry yeah and very very dis dis oh, angry <laughs> destructive yes hideous <laughs> when i read that as a child i was absolutely terrified, terrified. Yeah. yeah and um 
And this, the owl just takes on this really sinister yeah. sort of turn in the story and it's very, very destructive. Mm. And then it's only when um, there's some children involved in the story mm. and the, the children have to focus on flowers, see her as flowers. Yeah. And then she changes from being this owl that's to just destroying flowers. this girl, that's shred- yeah. shredding her skin from inside. Oh, God, that's horrid. <laughs> it is horrid. And then these petals begin to appear well, and the whole nice. kitchen yeah, lovely, becomes filled it? with and the, the scent of meadowsweet. And I sort of grew up with those sort of stories. And yeah. they, I think they've really affected what I draw and paint on sure. my own now. But the whole blood eyewear thing is like, is she flowers and forgiving and beautiful? Yeah. Or is she the owl? Yeah, yeah it's quite difficult, killer, isn't it's it? It it it's yeah. that that Beltane when that that thing was done, it took it right the way through and it never left. Mm. I went to Tewkesbury reenactment. I ended up getting a, buying a big picture from the guy who does <laughs> the beautiful drawings, but it was a big, great big one. The three stages of Bladiwitz. Yeah, and it was it's really beautiful. But I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have bought it. But I couldn't <laughs> leave it behind. No, you couldn't help it. And then, and then, yeah, and that was after mm. that. So I, I'm, I'm a little bit wary of Bladiwith because she yeah. seems to be running my, running a little bit of my life occasionally. Yeah, because I was, I didn't do the, the whole Bladiwith time here. Sort of dipped into it at the very beginning. <laughs> right. But but when I went home, um, I have no idea where it's come from. There's a, a, a little um, purple crocheted owl in my kitchen. Good Lord. And I thought, where the heck's this going? It must have come from somewhere. I don't know. And this is what happened, Yeah, isn't it? it's still in my kitchen. I just left the little owl this there. This is what happens. Yeah. yeah. But if it brings something to somebody, the the lady who took the blood eye with away, her bought mm. her, she resonated a bit with being on the outside, I think. Yeah. She was part of somebody, a group who were here, a therapy group who come here sometimes. Mm. And she was a little bit not so well. She'd not been so well. Mm. And I think she she felt that something in that was going to help her. She yeah. was going to journey with it, and, and really it would help her with her her mental health, mm. which is great if we can help people. Again, this is what the body painting tries to do. It tries yeah. to help people change into what they want to be, really, to help them on their journey to go forward. I think that's... The thing with art, isn't it? Whether you can create it yourself or whether you work with an artist or you buy mm. something that you just drawn to, yeah. it, it does sort of create that link between yourself or your current thoughts or where you are at that point in yeah. time. And the art object, whether it's a drawing or a painting or a sculpture or even a piece of jewellery, kind of manifests those it's, it's, it's kind of really good if you can bring it into ritual and ceremony mm. too because that's a really creative space yeah. so we'll often f- uh, face paint people for ritual mm. and it would be you, really it? good to do a ritual that was fully body painted and actually get people not to mind if they were videoed or for photographed yeah because that would be amazing if we could do something like that that would be really good that would just yeah cause I'm not in so no. much favour of doing like some people do with, and they get an insect and they go okay so so two people are parts of the legs or two yeah, people yeah. because that's an order from somebody who is controlling the process and they're usually yeah. body be- beautiful we don't do the classic shapes unless somebody's mm. a classic shape and want to be done but we we like to take all ages and all because that's from two different perspectives because yeah, body paint that I'm quite often involved with 
some of it's been quite commercial and it's been used yeah, for advertising like purposes. It. No, don't do that. No, and it's it's very much you have a, a brief and then you work yeah, on a design sure. with that particular model and it's photographed, but it's, it is for a commercial end. Yeah. It is, it's not at all a spiritual experience. No, I don't like that. I couldn't no, do that. but what's strange, um, when I do paint on the models, a lot of the models I've painted on in the past have never been body painted before. It's right. not, it's not okay. a big thing in this part of, sure. of the UK. No. But they start off sort of quite... Um, they're not sure what to expect being actually painted on. Yeah. And then they tend to go into a sort of almost meditative state while you're painting on them because it can take about six hours to do a, yeah. a full body can. paint. Yeah. It's, okay, no. it's, it's a really quite a gruelling experience. It is for everybody. It is, <laughs> yeah. But even though, even though the sort of stuff that I've done um, at music festivals and at the commercial things has just been very much, the, here's the brief and are you going to work with that? Those people who've been painted, when I've glued horns and tails or yeah. flowers onto them or I've painted, you know, different shadows and shapes, and um, they do become different. They walk differently. Yeah. And we send them out, you know, and they 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 go out and be photographed or whatever, yeah. and they move differently. Well, they do. They do. It's yeah. strange, isn't it? So when, yeah. if they're in the right mode, um, and they've got in their head or their their, if we've made it right for them then they they do get something really profound out of mm. it but it has to be they have to be in the right mode and not be too rigid in their ordinary life yeah. to be able to move into that it's that letting go isn't it because yeah you, you do it in quite a shamanic way with yeah, a little bit of journey right. before you paint a little bit of journey uh, sometimes the painters will do we do a, a little ceremony before we start with a whole group the painters and the photographers and everybody together and then we do a little bit of uh, invoking now we mm. didn't used, used to but we do now to start them off because they're already usually they're more when they when they painted this is when they're about to go out to be photographed about to go into yeah. the woods so yeah, yeah. <laughs> interesting <laughs> <laughs> it's really magical well, I've been really interesting talking to you about how you bring that wild way spirit into your artwork yeah, and I look forward to seeing more. Yay! Yay! Thank you very much, Elaine. That's all right, Fee. <laughs> <laughs>